through verse 13. The letter this morning to the church at Philadelphia. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength. I want you to clip that on your brain. Thou hast a little strength. Thou hast kept my word. I want you to clip that on your brain. And hast not denied my name. I want you to clip that on your brain. There's some things that this church had that you and I must have. Never got very many amens on that. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan which say they are Jews and are not but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. I want you to clip this on your brain. And to know, and to know that I have loved thee. Praise God. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold oh, that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Can we praise him one more time? God, we need you today. Oh, send your word, God. If you'll help us this morning, you can be seated. The word of God never ceases to amaze me. It's always a marvel to me that God in his infinite wisdom, and only God could do it, that he could put so much in such a little space that you and I could carry it in our hands and bring it to church. Praise God. In a book, that surveys the whole field of time, that takes us from beginning to end, from start to finish, from creation to recreation. Hallelujah. Praise God. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, 
And in Matthew 13, we have the seven prophetic parables. The seven prophetic parables of Matthew 13 correspond to the seven ages of the church in Revelation 2 and 3. And here in this brief, concise, condensed, just three chapters, our great God gives us a pre-written history of what would happen and what did happen in the history of Christendom. Praise God. He fixed it where the world would never find it. The world would never come to know it. Hallelujah. The denominal world would never come to know it. But he fixed it for apostolics would seek it out. Apostolics would dig it out. They'd get a hold of something that it's here a little and it's there a little. Line upon line and precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little and they'll get a hold of it and hang in there until they put it together. Now stay with me. I want to preach today. Hallelujah. In Matthew 13, Jesus gave us those seven parables that correspond to the seven ages of the church in Revelation 2 and 3. We have the sower. We have the tares. We have the mustard seed. We have the woman hiding the leaven in three measures of meal. Uh, we have the hid treasure and the pearl of great price. And then finally the great net that's let down. Not all the fish in the sea are caught. And not all the fish in the net are saved. I want to say that again. Not all the fish in the sea are caught. And not all the fish in the net are saved. I want to tell you this morning, it's us, but not all of us. Praise God. The parable of the mustard seed corresponds to the Pergamos church age. Uh, mustard is the only herb that its pollen does not mix. When Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could move mountains, he's not talking about quantity, he's talking about quality. If you plant cucumbers and watermelons and pumpkins all in the same place, you're going to come up with a bunch of freaks. The bees will pollinate uh, the various blossoms and you'll come up with some half-breeds. Praise God. Some of this charismatic stuff is nothing but a bunch of half-breeds and freaks. Praise God. I'm going to tell you that God only has a pure and a genuine. Pergamos means married to the world. And in the prophetic period of that time, under Constantine, 
who was a Babylonian high priest as well as a Caesar and an emperor, he joined the church. With the edict of Milan, he stopped the persecution of the church. It became popular to belong to the church. He made it mandatory that all his political affiliates belonged to the church. And one by one, they wedded in these pagan festivals, holidays. I'm telling you that we're following a lot of baptized paganism. Praise God. I ain't got time to get into it. I might cross your theology if I did. Hallelujah. The world follows a lot of the same pagan things in celebrating Easter and celebrating Christmas. Praise God. <laughs> Much of that stuff has got a pagan origin. It was married in. It was wedded in. In the parable of the mustard, it became a great tree, a political thing. Mustard just comes up, grows, dies, and goes back. But it evolved into a freakish something. It left its pristine purity. It left its originality. And finally the birds was roosting in the limbs of it. The emissaries of the devil flocked to it. And then the woman that put the leaven in the three measures of meal corresponds to the Thyatira church age. Praise God. God is one. Numbers in the Bible are significant. The number of God is one because God is one. The number two is the number of division. The number three is the number of manifestation. The number four is the number of the earth. The number five is the number of grace. Six, the number of man. Seven is the perfect number and eight marks a new beginning. A woman in symbolism represents a false religious system. What she did in the history of Christendom was she injected the leaven of the Trinity dogma until the whole was leavened. You see, God is Father in creation, God is Son in redemption, and God is Holy Ghost in salvation. But it's not the first person, and it's not the second person, and it's not the third person. Praise God. They didn't hang on to Mary They never hung on to infant baptism. They never hung on to pictures and idols. But they hung on to her Trinity doctrine. Oh, hallelujah. They hung on to that. I got Mr. Brumbach's book and a whole bunch more. Mr. Brumbach admits 
The Trinity did not come out into the time of the Romanist errors. What Mr. Brumbach is admitting is that it is a post-Bible doctrine. Not one prophet preached the Trinity. Jesus did not preach the Trinity. And not one apostle preached the Trinity. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for truth today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, are you going to help me? <laughs> Philadelphia is an apostolic church. It's a church that's apostolic in doctrine. It's apostolic in practice. It's apostolic in prayer. It's apostolic in worship. Praise God. You can't be raptured unless you're Philadelphian in your experience. This is why we need to hear what the Spirit says here. Uh, this is what you got to have if you're going to leave this world when the trumpet sounds. It's the plane of spirituality you got to live on. It's the plane of spirituality you got to maintain. I'm telling you, if you're hitting and missing and wishing and washing and skipping and jumping and off and on and in and out and up and down, you'll not make it. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's going to rapture an apostolic church. It's not going to be some kind of a freakish outfit. It's not going to be somebody talking in tongues and painted faces. It's not going to be somebody talking in tongues and jewelry all over them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't buying this charismatic stuff. I may put myself on your off list, but I don't believe that that's the real thing of God. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost they're supposed to be getting isn't doing for them what the Holy Ghost we got did for us. And not only that, it's still doing it for us. It brought us out. It's kept us out. Hallelujah. My God. Hallelujah. I went to one of those things one time. I don't know why I preached so much to preachers, Brother Westbrook. But we had some preachers in California that was all shook up about it. Swept up by it. Down there slapping them folks on the back and hugging necks with them. I went to spectate, not to participate. If you could have liquefied all the Holy Ghost there, you couldn't have got a thimble full of it. When that old bearded Jesuit priest told us that if we were a part of that 
a Pentecostal movement that began at the turn of the century that's already hit the bank. That's already washed out. That's over. I got to thinking mine ain't hit the bank, mine ain't washed out, and mine's not over. to somebody yours ain't washed out either your well's not going dry and when Dr. Frost a college professor got up and gave us that ecumenical brainwashing sermon from the songs of Solomon that come away my love come away my fair one telling us that the Holy Ghost has called us out from behind our walls of separation and our walls of segre segregation. Told about going up to a monastery where those precious Benedict brothers was. And about a brother John that went up to the top of the mountain and would make up a language, make up a language. And Dr. Frost said, of course, we know it was the Holy Spirit, but I didn't make mine up. I'm going to tell you, they never taught me to talk in tongues. I'm afraid of any kind of a ghost center or that someone tries to get you to jabber and rattle off the mouth real fast. God can baptize you with the Holy Ghost and give you a real, a genuine experience. There was a master of ceremonies, an MC, that told us he was a Methacostal. He was a half-breed, half-Methodist, and half-Pentecostal. God ain't got no half-breeds. it goes behind walls of Jasper and gates of pearl and marches down glory boulevard. It's going to be a one God. It's going to be a Jesus name. It's going to be a tongue talking. It's going to be an apostolic church. Hallelujah. It's apostolic. <laughs> Praise God. It's a church where there's brotherly love. It's where there's Christian charity. It's where saints love one another. It's where kindness is evident. Where there is appreciation of one another. Praise God. Uh, Philadelphia is a church where his name is honored. Where his name is loved. His name is revered. His name is respected. His name is loved. His name is held precious. His name is held dear. Thou hast not denied my name. There's no group of people that that name means to what it means to this bunch of folks. 
There's no movement on the face of God's earth that loves it like we love it. They don't know it like we know it. They don't understand it like we understand it. They don't have the revelation of it like we do. Every time that God revealed himself, he revealed himself by name. Elohim is God's creative name. Jehovah is God's covenant-keeping name. Jesus is God's redeeming and saving name. That's why there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. Hallelujah! That's why your Bible is going to say, Lord, didn't we prophesy? We've done a lot of preaching in your name. Lord, didn't we cast out devils? Didn't we work mighty works in your name? And he's going to say, I never knew you. He didn't say, thou shalt call his name Jesus because you'll prophesy. He didn't say, thou shalt call his name Jesus because you'll cast out devils. He didn't say, thou shalt call his name Jesus because that you'll heal the sick. Thou shalt call his name Jesus because he shall save. You've got to obey the revelation the name was given for. It was given for salvation. Oh, you've got to obey it for that. Mama. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. He addresses himself as the one that is holy. 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 His mother was found the child of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He's the Holy One of God. He's the Holy One of Israel. Hallelujah. He conquered death, hell, and the grave because he was holy. Thou will not leave my soul in hell, nor suffer thy holy one. Praise God. He was holy. He was harmless. He was undefiled. And he was separate from sinners. He said his name was holy. His word is holy. His church is holy. Heaven is holy. The Holy Ghost is a Holy Spirit. Praise God. What he's saying is the church that he's going to rapture is going to be a holiness loving church. You can't have a holy God and live an unholy life. A holy God is not going to rapture unholy folks. Praise God. Hallelujah. That means we're going to have to come out from among them and we're going to have to be separate. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not going down there with these counterfeits. Hallelujah. 
like they are, brothers. I ain't got any half brothers. He's caught. Not only is he holy, but he is true. He said, all that came before me were thieves and robbers. He said, if anybody comes up any other way, the same is a thief and the robber. There was imposters. There were phonies. There was those that said there was, but there wasn't. Hallelujah. But Jesus is the truth. In the Old Testament, they had the type, but Jesus is the true. And the true is always better than the type. In the Old Testament, they had the figure, but Jesus is the real. And the real is always better than the figure. In the Old Testament, they had the shadow, but Jesus is the substance. And the substance is always better than the shadow. That's why you can say, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's why you can say, I and my Father are one. He is the real God. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's got a salvation that's real. I'm going to say that again. He's got a salvation that's real. He's got a salvation that saves. He's got a salvation that delivers. He's got a salvation that changes. He's got a salvation that sets free. He's got a salvation that makes a difference. Hallelujah. We got a God that salvation's are real. He can save a dope addict. He can save a drunkard. He can save the woman on the street. Clean them up. Make them clean. Make them pure. Make them virtuous. Make them holy. Trill. Trill. Praise God. Holy Ghost is a real experience. It's a real experience. Hallelujah. What I've got's real. What I've got's... We've got a real God. He's got a real salvation. He's got real apostolic Holy Ghost. The power of the blood is real. I can't explain all about it's working, but it works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things I'm surrounded with I can't always explain, but I know it works. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know you can come here bound and, and uh, 
an addict and your life miserable and wrecked but God's part of cleansing power of the blood and repentance and water baptism it's real it can clean And not only that, Brother Fuller, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and that blood keeps cleansing. Hallelujah. Oh, it's real. Praise God. His word is real. This word is real. It's alive. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces. It divides asunder. It's real. <laughs> Praise God. His power to keep is real. His power to heal is real. His power to bring you through is real. His power to help you overcome is real. His power to keep you saved is real. His power to take you through is real. Hallelujah. He can keep you saved right there on the job you work at. He can keep you saved in the school you go to. Praise God in old dead Sardis. He was able to keep them down there in Sardis. Dead, cold, and lifeless. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got to preaching one time. I got a little inspiration that carried away. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. For to them that are weary, he increases strength. You got a God that loves you so much, when you're going through it, he can put the pedal to the metal. He can accelerate the power and the strength in your life so you can climb the mountain. and he increaseth. You're climbing the hill. You put down on the accelerator. God sees the load you're carrying. He sees the hill you're climbing. He sees the devil you're fighting. And so he lets the pedal down. So you can make it. So you can make it. Stiffen your jaw, your back, throw your head in the eye, in the air at the devil in the eye, and say, I got a mind made up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother Jude said he's able to keep you from falling. 
Brother Westbrook, we don't have to fall. Hallelujah. He's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. Hallelujah. Praise God. When the devil hits you, he fully means for you to hit the dust. When the devil hits you, he means to knock you down. When the devil hits you, he means to put you out of the race. When the devil hits you, he means to do you in. But about that time, he dispatches a big old angel. One gets on one side, and one gets on the other. So the devil can't knock you down. So the devil can't defeat you. My God. I'm telling you, he's going to have a victorious church. He's going to have an on fire church. He's going to have a prayed up church. He's going to have an overcoming church. I'm telling you, it's real. Hallelujah. We wouldn't make it if it wasn't real. Hallelujah. You walked some weary miles. You fought some battles. You faced some enemies. You've had some challenges. You bore some burdens. You've labored and you've not fainted. You could not have done it if there had not been a real God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. He's going to present to him a church on that day that's going to be glorious. It's going to be without spot, without recall, without blemish, or any such thing. Oh, hallelujah. Saints, it's our privilege to be a part of it. You got to be Philadelphia to go. You can't be lukewarm and make it. You can't have left your first love and make it. You can't be Pergamos and worldly and make it. You can't be Sardis and dead and lifeless and make it. You're going to have to have something living down on the inside of you. And that's a hole in the rain. That's motivating. That's inspiring. That's living. That's charged. That's thrilling. These limp-wristed, weak-kneed willies that can't stand up and live for God can't go.
They make the power and the grace of God look like it ain't real. They make it look like God can save you, but he can't keep you saved. That God can bring you out, but he can't take you through. God never brought Israel out of Egypt to let them die in the wilderness. His plan was to bring them out and bring them in. When God saved you, he brought you out. Put you in the church to take you through. Hallelujah. He's able to do exceeding abundant above all you can ask or think. I'm telling you it's real. In 1985, it's real. He is the true. He is the real. You are in the right church. Give me three books, three song books. I'm just carried away. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. This kept me up about half the night. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're in the right church. The Lord of the lampstands identified himself with the right church. The Lord of the lampstands identified the true church. You got these folks going out. Which one's right? They got this bunch over yonder. They got that bunch over there. This one's up there. And those down on the other side. You don't have to be confused. You don't have to be misled. You don't have to go around doubting. You don't have to go around wondering because Jesus identified himself with the true church. In that vision of the glorified Christ in the first chapter, when John is in the spirit on the Lord's day and hears that voice and he turns to see there's one standing in the midst in the midst of the seven candlesticks he didn't say I'm the second person he never said I'm the one in the middle the false church says that Jesus is the one in the middle. The false church says Jesus is the second person. But the true church says he's the first and he is the last. about being the second or one in the middle. I'm the first, I'm the last. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega, he's the beginning, he's the end, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. My God, he's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He's Lord and Christ. He is door, he is shepherd, and he is sheep. He's the prophet of yesterday. He's the reigning high priest today. And he's the king tomorrow. He's the first letter. He's the last letter. He's all the language in between. 
He's the, he's the truth. Praise God. Now, all the way to a minute, Brother Muncie. We got these poor Trinitarian folks of this philosophy and this concept that that oneness is like you and your wife. You'll no longer be twain, but you'll just be one flesh. This ain't that way. This ain't that away. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> tell the next one that tells you that, that this ain't that away. I've been married to the same gal 35 years. But she can't go to the door and say, when you see me, you seen Brother Muncie. This just ain't that away. She can't say that I'm in Brother Much and the Brother Much is in me. But because Jesus Christ was God personified, he was the true God. He was the real God. He was the one from the beginning that John said we looked upon with our eyes we beheld, our hands we handled. That's why he said that he was a voice, was a sound of many waters. All the prophets, all the sages, all the seers, all them that spoke of him, of their prophecies, begin to converge on him like an Niagara Falls. Till the last and final revelation of God. Hallelujah. Oh, he's the real. He's the true. You're in the right church. Praise God. There's some qualities. There's some things he mentioned that this church had. Thou hast kept my word. Now we may get a little quiet here for a while. I'm afraid we've got some folks that are living by some of the word. But may not be living by every bit of the word. Now it would be hard to teach a camp meeting, Brother Westberg, five times in a row and maybe not say some of the same things. <laughs> so if I've said it five times, I'm, let me say it one more time, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah! How many believes we got to live every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? How many believes that? Did you know part of the word of God is love your enemies? But wait a minute, honey, you can't love one till you have one to love. And just so you can obey every bit of the Word of God, I've got to stir up some old body that'll hate your guts, I tell lies on you, run you down, decimate you. Just so you can live by every word. 
praise God. Oh, we'll shout over one God in Acts 238. But I wonder how some of us got around. Let love be without dissimulation. In loneliness of mind, let others esteem others better than themselves. Be kind, affectionate, one to another in brotherly love. Be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God has for Christ's sake forgiven you. Let nothing be done through strife and vain glory, but in loneliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Am I preaching to someone you've never got around to putting away wrath? You've never got around to obeying what God said about anger. Maybe you've never got around to what God said about a backbiting tongue, about maybe telling lies and talebearing and gossiping. This church that he's going to rapture kept the word. Am I preaching to someone in your gig saint this morning? You've never got around to count the elders that rule well worthy of devil honor? Am I preaching to someone that you've never got around to obeying that? I was preaching for a brother Dorian out in California, teaching on the Revelation chart some years back and Brother Doran had passed her down in the San Diego area some years before and some disgruntled sister got dissatisfied with Brother Doran and got a letter, you know, and churches are close, so she changed churches. Year or two went by and the pastor of that church invited Brother Doran over to preach. And so Brother Doran preached one of the sermons that that sister had heard him preach a year or so before when he was her pastor. And here she come, just so elated and so built up and just so uh, happy and said, Brother Doran, I heard you preach that sermon before. And he says, yeah, sister, and you ain't obeyed it yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I preaching to someone you've never got around to get the rocks out of your call, the pus out of your spirit, the bitterness out of your heart? You've not learned to get rid of jealousy. You've not learned to get rid of envy. That will send you to hell. That'll take the love of God out of your life. That'll leave you an empty bag of nothing. Let me tell you right now, bitterness will destroy you. I want to say that again, bitterness will destroy you. It may affect, it may not affect the one you've got it against, but it will destroy you. The Bible said, lest there be a root of bitterness, bring up the bitterness. Take all the malice. Take all the strife. Take all the hatred out. I realize that'll damn my soul and send me to hell. It'll cost God to leave me. 
You see, there's a lot of the Word of God that folks don't pay much attention to as long as they got long sleeves and long hymn lines. Down inside of them, they've got rottenness of bones. Inside of them, they're twice dead and plucked up by roots. They have harbored that. They've allowed that. They've let that remain. They didn't know what the Bible said. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. They didn't get it out. They didn't pray through over it. They let that bitterness take root until some way it warped itself around their spirit. It warped itself around their attitude till they got withdrawn and cynical, hard, bitter, austere, unforgiving, unmerciful, till finally there's nothing left. Bitterness is the devil's way of finishing you off. When you've been wounded and you have been hurt, when you have been wounded and hurt unjustly, unfairly, when somebody wrongs you, somebody took advantage of you, somebody walked on you, somebody told lies about you, somebody hurt your character, Somebody desecrated your name. Somebody spread rumors about you. Your retaliation is to get bitter until it crystallizes, it catalyzes, and becomes pure hate. And so the devil comes along. You're hurt. You're wounded. You've been took advantage of. Somebody's walked on you. You're down. And he molds you in a cast of bitterness. Like a doctor would take a broken arm and set it and mold it in a cast of plaster. It may be a fifth grade boy that somebody told a lie on him at school and he got a whipping. He made hate every school teacher. Praise God. He may go through his whole school life hating ever teacher, molded in a cast of bitterness. Some young woman maybe was seduced and realized that she was took advantage of and she may hate every man. It may warp and roof and ruin her forever. The devil will come along and mold her in that cast of bitterness. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel my Holy Ghost. A bunch of them can leave you, preacher, 
and go over to somebody else and it takes them in. If you're not careful, the devil will come along and mold you in a cast of bitterness. I'll never fellowship him again. I'll never go to his church. I'll never shake his hand. And you'll go on going through the mechanics and the calisthenics. But the devil has come along and took advantage and has molded you. It's his way of finishing you off. You get down to pray and you'd like to get through, you'd like to get loose, but you hate. You'd like to get victory, but you can't forgive. Hallelujah. You'd like to touch God, but you're bound by a mold of bitterness. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you better stay close to an altar. You better keep your heart warm and tender and the Holy Ghost fresh. This church is about ready to leave out of here. This rapture church keeps the word. It watches against these little things that the devil has that are coming up to the blind side of us. Praise God. Thou hast kept my word. And then he goes on to speak about the word of my patience. Hallelujah. There's some things about the word of God that just goes a little bit sometimes against the grain. Now maybe it's always easy for you. Maybe you got so much more victory than I got, you don't have any problems. Hallelujah. What are you getting at? What are you going to do the next time you're disciplined, young man? What are you going to do the next time you get set down? <laughs> Hallelujah. You get told you can't come on the platform. You can't run the aisles. You can't testify. You gotta sit down. Everybody knows you're sit down. Everybody knows you're in trouble. Everybody knows you've had your privileges took away. What are you gonna do? Brother Hill said just sit down. I'll tell you what the raptured folks are going to do. I'd rather you just tell me where at and how long. They're going to tell you, Brother Westberg, just keep watching for my soul. You set me down, you jerk my coattail, you line me up, reprove me, but don't let me go to hell. Have the rule over you when it kind of goes against your pride. 
goes against the grain. The flesh wants to raise up. That old nature wants to retaliate. Hallelujah. But the word of God said for me to obey them that have the rule over me. It said submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. Now I'll tell you right now, it's a whole lot easier on the aisles than it is to sit there when you're in trouble. Oh, hallelujah. But I'll tell you right now, before I leave my, my place in this church, I'll sit down. Brother Elms, I feel this way about it. God lay the rod on my back, reprove me, correct me, but God don't leave me alone. If I slipped up there and I stumbled and I got bruised and wounded, shepherd, set me down, but nurture me, nurse me, feed me, teach me. There are just some things about obeying some of the things of the Word of God. It takes us a little determination. It takes a little fortitude. It takes a little backbone. Some things you may get persecuted for. Some things that the world will laugh at you for. Some things maybe some of you unsaved kin folks will ridicule you for. They'll come around and they'll see the baby needs shoes. They'll see that the tires on the car are slick. And you're just going down there to the church and you're paying all your money to the preacher. They're ridiculing you because you're paying tithes and giving offerings. What are you gonna do? You're just going to come back and keep paying tithes and keep giving offerings. If you'll let that man of God shepherd you, if you'll let him teach you, if you'll obey him, one of these days you'll have a good job. One of these days you can drive a good automobile. One of these days you'll live in a good house. Praise God. Don't let that bunch of lost skin folks browbeat you. Don't let them beat you down. You just go on and obey the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, you may get ridiculed for some of your standards. You would just look so much prettier if you didn't have that old long hair, sister. And if you could get your ears pierced.
And if you can get you some of that stuff they put around their eyes. And you can get your toenails painted. And your fingernails painted. If you could get you some slacks and some pantsuits. You just look so old fashioned and out of style in them old long dresses. Just tell them I'll just have to look old fashioned and out of style. This raptured church is not too worried about what the world has to say about its standards. This church he's going to rapture is not too concerned about what the world thinks about the way we worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. This is an apostolic church while we're here. Word of his patience. It's that that kind of goes against the grain. Praise God. Now, I always felt if I could work on a job, being tired never excused me to stay home from church. Now, I might hit a snag there. I don't believe you can miss churches to stay on the entertaining company. Brother Terry out in California says you ain't got victory till you can walk off and leave company. <laughs> he doubts you even saved if you ain't got enough Holy Ghost to leave company at home and come on to church, much less rapture ready. Hallelujah. Tell them to come and go with you or you'll be back after a while. But you're going to put God first in your life. Praise God. We're not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But much the more as we see the day approaching. Praise God. I done a little research on this word kept. It comes from the Greek word terio, which means to watch over. It means to keep. It means to preserve. It means to guard, keep as something that's precious. You just watch, watch over it. You see, these saints at Philadelphia that God's going to rapture, they're the kind of folks that will come around and say, Brother Pastor, don't you spare anything. You, you just give us double shotgun, double all buckshot. You can't preach it too straight or too stout. 
I'm going to tell you right now, if the word of God runs you off, you ain't got much salvation anyway. If the preaching of the word of God makes you mad, you probably ain't got enough brains to be saved. I got that from Brother Fuller. Hallelujah, you got to watch over this. You got to guard this. This is something priceless. This is something that's a treasure. It's like a mother watching over her precious baby. She guards it. She watches it. My God, folks, it's going to be raptured. The Word of God's precious. The Word of God is something they've got to have. And then the Word of God is something that you, you don't take smorgasbord style. Now, I, I like that smorgasbord eating, but you don't take the Word of God that way. I, I learned a long time ago, Brother Beckton, that you go in the smorgasbord, you got all them salads. And after a while, they got that chicken and that beef and them pork chops and, and, and that way down to the other end. So I, I learned to kind of pass by a lot of the salads. I was going to go heavy on the chicken. Some of them had fish on Friday. I went heavy on that. But you don't take the word of God that way. You don't accept the saviorhood and reject the lordship. Praise God. You got to take it all. You got to take it all. Did you notice that he told this church that thou hast a little strength? You don't have a lot of money. You don't have a lot of people. You don't have a lot of resources. I'm already, Brother Beckton, getting questioned downtown by that little old town, uh, how you coming? Uh, you know, they're, they're wanting to know where we're going to get the money to build that new church. Well, I can't tell them because I don't know for sure myself. <laughs> so I'm just going to let them be guessing. <laughs> Hallelujah! We may be poor, but we got God. We may not have a cathedral, but we got truth. We may not have stained glass windows, but we got the God that hung stars out. Hallelujah! And he told this church that one of these days, these folks from Satan's synagogue, they're going to have to come down and worship at your feet and know that I have loved you. One of these days, every one of these tarry churches, when the devil went out and sold tares at night while men slept, from that came all these tarry religious bodies. They're fakes, they're counterfeit, they're not the true, they're not the real wheat. Praise God. If you 
you study that parable, you'll find in the end of the age the bundling of the tares. What have we got? We got this ecumenical movement. They're all bundling. They're coming together. Hallelujah! I think it was Brother Price that said he had a lady nurse in his church. One of our church, I think it was Brother Price. Worked in the Catholic hospital. He said one morning the priest came in to look over the register to see how many folks had come in the night before. And evidently there was no Catholics, so he said these naughty Protestants. And this sister that was a nurse that worked there said, oh, I don't know so much about that. He said, but what you don't know is really you're part of us. She said, oh, no, not us. And he said, oh, but yes, you are. She said, oh, no, not us. And he said, what makes you think you're not? We baptize in Jesus' name and believe in one God. He said, well, I guess you're not. It's going to go home to Father. I got a book by Vance Havener, and in it he tells a story of somewhere that somebody asked a question. Do you think the holy rollers will make it to heaven? And the answer was, if they don't run past it. Praise God. But the word of God said that the righteous cares to be saved. Where will the sin of the ungodly appear? Hallelujah. But one of these days, these counterfeits, these phonies, these pretenders, these imposters. Hallelujah. God's going to make them know we had it. God's going to make them know this was right. God's going to make them know it takes this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're going to know this Jesus name, this Holy Ghost, this apostolic, this one God. Brother Westberg, they know you're there, but one of these days they're going to know you was really right. Hallelujah! I'm feeling good today. Let me tell you this morning, church, there's an apocalypse. There's an unveiling, there's an appearing that not only belongs to him, but belongs to us. He said that when he shall appear, what? Then shall you also appear. When he shall be apocalypsed, then you shall also be apocalypsed. When he shall be revealed, then you also shall be revealed. When he shall be manifested, then you also shall be manifested. 
You and I are like Joseph down at Potter's house. This is the day of our humiliation. The Lord don't know us because it did not know him. But there's a manifestation that not only belongs to the Christ of God, it belongs to the people of God. He said we're going to sit with him in his throne. We're going to be kings and priests. We're going to reign with him a thousand years. They're going to know we had it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you're in the right church. You better stay with it. You've got the right name. You've got the right experience. You've got the right doctor. You're going the right way. When this mortal shall have put on immortality, when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, then, 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 when you find the words when and then in the Bible, you've always got a time element. When mortal is put on immortality, when corruption is put on incorruption, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Hallelujah. The saying that is written. The saying that is written. I got to thinking about that. I think it's in Isaiah 25 where the saying is written. The old prophets never saw the church. They didn't see the rapture. They saw him coming back with ten thousands of his saints. Enoch prophesied about it. So what the prophet is saying, one of these days, saints are going to come back. He's going to set up his kingdom. He's going to rule and reign a thousand years. And some old sainted sister is going to walk out to a cemetery. She's going to stand by where she had been laid to rest. Some old sainted brother is going to walk out there where once they were laid to rest. They're going to stand there with their foot on their own tombstone. They're going to read their own epitaph. And they're going to look up and say, The saying has come to pass. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? You ain't got me no more. Hallelujah. You see, he came to where we were that we might go to where he is. He become like us that we might become like him. He took upon himself our nature that we might take upon us his nature. He became the son of man that we might be sons of God. He who no sin was made sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him.
John said we're going to be like him. He's not going to quit till we're like him. I said he's not going to quit till we're like him. He's not going to quit till we're like him. Oh, my God, what awaits this church? Immortal regencies, eternal thrones, dignities and titles, honors. To a bunch of ridge runners and mill workers, poor folks, uneducated, untalented, just little strength. Just don't have much going for you. <laughs> Praise God. Don't have much money. Little resources. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But oh, one of these days, the change is coming. Was it Job that said he would wait all the days of his affliction till his change come? We may not get back here for next year. Our change may come. I'm telling you right now, I've had a preaching good time up here today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's love him. I want to turn it brother, to Brother Elm. Come on, church, give him a good hand clap. Worship him for a little bit. Oh, Lord, in your precious name. Oh, Lord, we need you. We need you. We need you, Lord. Hallelujah, you, Lord. Hallelujah, you, Lord. Hallelujah, you, Lord. Thank 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 you, Lord. Lord, what teaching. Friend, you won't find this anywhere else. Amen. What he was preaching made me think of here a while back I was teaching a Bible study for the church on the blood. I try to find out why, just why the blood of